Hey Tom, it's been the same stuff week in and week out. Could you please change it to something else? You got it, boss. Yeah, I like that one. Right there. Don't move it. No, 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 no wait. Go, go back. Go back. Go back. Go back. Where are you going? Again? Master? No, 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 not that one. All the right. other one. The other one. Your bar. Make up your mind, brother. Make up your mind. What do you want? Oh god, not that! Not that! <laughs> Is that another Six Flags ad? There, there. Don't, yeah, yeah, don't change yeah, it. Yeah, this yeah, one. Yeah, taught me enough for this. You know that, right? gentlemen this rounds on me uh, and if you have found yourself one booth down congratulations and or apologies for what you're about to hear because a doctor a lawyer a pilot and a professor mostly apologies uh, yeah mostly apologies have all walked into a bar and we are uh over the hump of magic month and we are coming into the final stretch this is week four this is episode four of magic month and we thought we'd have a little i'm not going to call it wizard's duel uh, because I can't steep this completely inside of Harry Potter. So we're calling this a magical duel. Um, we're kind of testing this out. This might be a thing for Magic Month going forward, but we are pitting two very similar magical movies against each other and trying to see if the, the cream indeed will rise to the top. Um, today's episode um, is actually about two... Uh, movies that came out really close to each other. And this seems to be a thing in Hollywood whenever they... That's right. Tonight know. we're covering the classic Ants and a right? Bug's Life. No, seriously. It's like when Spies from I Studios... Love, Ants I would versus Bug's Life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like each studio has their own spies. And they go into the board meetings. And they're like, all right, let's green light this, this movie about the magician. Oh, it'll go over good with the kids. Then they go flying back to their studio. Pull that script. We got to do it. We got to do it. And so um, I believe we're doing The Illusionist versus The Prestige. And The Illusionist, I believe, came out in 2006. And The Prestige came out in 2007. So um, uh, actually, they're both 2006. Were they both 2006? Oh, OK, so it was it was enough to induce a global deja vu for these movies. Like, wait a second. I thought I just went to the theater to see this. Nope. Uh, wasn't there also a year where like there was like multiple Snow White movies? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. One was um, Snow White and the Huntsman. And the other one was Mirror Mirror, where Julia Roberts was the evil queen. And I think. We should definitely have one of those, one of those episodes. That would be a good one. Okay, okay, yeah, put a pin in that, because I have seen neither. <laughs> neither I had, have I. I had no interest yeah. whatsoever <laughs> to see those movies. Um, but it, it, it legitimately is a thing. I, I have heard interviews with, like, directors and producers that when they get wind that one studio greenlights a movie, then the other one kind of rushes it to production. And a lot of the Jungle times, Book was another one. Oh yeah, yeah uh, the, was the Disney one, and then the Andy Circus. Yeah, yeah, he did the mocap for every character, I think, because that's just a thing he does. Um, so I think this was a very similar situation: the Illusionist versus the Prestige. 
uh, they came out very, very close to each other. And we, <laughs> we have some thoughts and we've kind of hit on these thoughts a little bit um, before the show. So, uh, Alex, I'm going to, I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you as if I could control anything oh that you do. Um, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to let you lead pounds. us out here. There's no rules. Put your shirt back on. There's one rule. <laughs> <laughs> that was a throwback to a little Caesars commercial for all of you who were <laughs> unindoctrinated or beats did not have your eyes assaulted by that. <laughs> um, so I'll start with, so first my, my score for each. Um, I, I think that the prestige is probably one of my all time favorite movies ever. Um, so that is that that's like a nine. It's like a nine five, maybe wow. a maybe a nine. Eight. I don't I, I have a hard time giving anything a 10 out of 10. That's as close as you can get to a perfect movie. Um, yeah, for me, I'll, I'll just preface that for me. Do you feel like it jinxes it? If you're like, I'm going to give this a 10 out of 10. Yeah, a little bit. Like if I had given it a ten like out of ten, you want to butt up as close to the ten as you can. Kind of, kind of. It's like uh, Dave Portnoy's one bite. Everybody knows the rules. Like it has to be a, a number and a decimal. You can't just like whole number this. There, there's no integers. It's you know, we we've got we got minutia in there. In medicine, uh, when a baby is born, you grade its health. Uh, at one minute and five minute, they're called APGAR scores. Okay. Where you, it's their, their, you grade their appearance, their motion, their color, their cry. And I was in a delivery and at five minutes, this was it like, not to give all of the details. It was a C-section as the baby emerged, it emerged crying. Like only the head was out and it was already crying. And this was the, the <laughs> liveliest, pinkest, most like screaming baby ever. And I'm like, I, I can't deduct it. It's out of 10. And I'm like, I, I mean, it's got great color. It's practically climbing the walls. This cry is shattering the windows. Like, I'm going to get, I'm going to give it a 10. And my preceptor at the time was like, you don't do that. No. I'm like, no, you what? don't give anything. What can I deduct from? It's like, it's bad luck. Anytime you give a baby a 10, we have to fly it to UK. You can't give it a 10. But but when when yeah. it came to the other baby to born, the so so if the one bassinet holds <laughs> the one bassinet holds uh the prestige, the other bassinet held the six out of ten baby in my mind. Um the one you have to give a little oxygen, kind of rub the bottom it came of its out feet. Come on, little, little guy, come it on. Quite literally came out a little jaundiced <laughs> with the, the sepia tone. I'll get into that. Uh, oh, um, it was uh. all right. So my my spoiler free thoughts on both. There is something unique about Christopher Nolan's storytelling that is just you 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 start, you're you're starting at the end. You're in the present. And now you're getting the backstory fleshed out. And then there's more backstory being fleshed out within the backstory. And then you're popping back into the present to see a little snippet of what's going on. And then you're back into the backstory and then back to the present. 
And then finally, all of those stories start to merge. And it's just, it's a, an, ex, it's an experience. That's why I watch movies is for the experience. Um, that description right there is quite literally the plot of Tenet. Yeah. Yeah. You start at the end and then you go into the backstory. Then you go back Look, into the backstory and then loves, you go forward to the person. He loves working with time and, and nonlinear storytelling. If that's yeah. your jam, yeah. then the prestige is a masterclass. If that's not your thing, I get it. I mean, y- you definitely see Nolan's fingerprints on Man of Steel in that regard. Oh, yeah. Because instead of telling the linear storytelling of the origin story of Superman, it's yeah, yeah. Henry Cavill is out finding himself and then he right. flashbacks right. to certain parts yeah, so, of the Yeah, so, I mean, look, it's it's a style, so yeah. I can understand maybe that's not everyone's style, but for me, that's great. I think it's, um, mm. I equated it to, like, the difference between an Aesop's fable and a parable, like, where you're learning what not to do, how not to behave, what what are the follies that man can encounter. That's something that's really, like, it's a much deeper story. Or as our parents, William, were to ever say, they have this running joke of if you ever, mm. where they see something, someone, see someone doing something wrong, turn to us and go, if you ever do that. Yep. yep. Yeah, they have encountered a real world Aesop's fable. <laughs> We've watched it play out when now, we get in look the car here, boys. and we're driving Look. away. <laughs> Mom turns around in the seat and says, son, if you ever encounter this what scenario, just played out in front of us. <laughs> like, I don't care if I'm dead in the grave. I will come back and whip your eye. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get I do. I do. So I that, that. that's that's the one perspective. Meanwhile, the illusionist for me, I, I see the allure. I understand why somebody would like it. I did not. Maybe I just wasn't the target demographic. Maybe it was just that I went in expecting something more than just a love story. It wasn't my cup of tea. And I won't yeah. just, I won't deride it, but it, okay. it, it didn't do much for me. And that's okay. I can see where it does it for other people. It wasn't until you were actually talking that my fully formed opinion of both movies kind of clunked into place mm. in my brain. Um, I mean, one of the movies is literally called the prestige In magic. You have the promise, the turn, and then the prestige and the prestige is when the, the magic happens in a trick for these types of movies where it's a, quizzical thriller suspense whodunit mystery and then you get the reveal at the end for me those type of movies they're a one-shot wonder like yeah. they're a okay. that that's your 15 minutes of fame you got one shot to do it and i remember seeing those movies and my mind being blown about both of them i'm like this is the coolest thing ever i revisited them gosh it is 15 16 years later in order to prep for this episode. And it's almost like, I mean, to keep the magic theme going, it's almost like I found out how a trick was done and I'm watching the show again. See, that's interesting that you say that because I could watch Penn and Teller walk me through how they do a trick. I can listen to Penn tell me how it's done the entire time. And yet I am amazed and I'm catching little nuance the entire time I'm watching it again. So it's it that's a great analogy that you built yeah. there. Because I was even knowing what the reveal is on coming back through again. I'm like, oh, I caught this this time. I caught that this time. 
oh my goodness, look how this is foreshadowing. Yeah, I mean, I, I can appreciate getting those little foreshadowing moments mm-hmm. um, leading up to it, and you realize that it's a very delicate balance to clue somebody into the reveal at the end without actually revealing it. Sure. Just to put it in there so that, you know, whenever, when inevitably they have that flashback montage when the reveal happens and then you get flashbacks to different elements that have happened leading up to it. And you're like, oh, it was right there all along. No, mm-hmm. no, no. I get that. And there's, there's definitely an, a craft with that. I wanted it to be, I watched a magic show as a kid and I'm revisiting it and I'm kind of, Uh, like in awe of the showmanship and the mystery and the quote unquote magic. But it feels like, yeah, I watched a magic trick as a kid and then somebody told me how the trick was done and now I'm watching it again. And so my spoiler for your view for both of them was just, they're they're fine. They're fine. Like the illusionist and the prestige. What's your, what's your score? My score for the illusionist, I would say six out of 10. And for the prestige was seven and a half. Yes, it's slightly better. <laughs> it's slightly better, yes. I don't think it has shelf life, though. Interesting. Because once you find out how the trick is done, hmm. then it's like... I feel okay, the same way. Okay, the, the thing we're building to, I, I know where it's going. I get it. I get it. I think, I think it applies to both, but the idea that I can watch a movie for more reasons than just the story... Um, the beauty of the prestige is something that I can appreciate the music, the, you know, the acting, there's still something there. There's meat on the bones. I've made my, I've made my first pass on the chicken wing and now I'm going back and cleaning up my mess. You know, that is a horrible analogy and I am so sorry to all of our (laughs) listeners. It's kind of like when you go on a first date and you're like, what should we do, sweetheart? Well, let's go for wings because I get to see who you really are. And I am a bad wing eater because I just don't like gristles. So now I'm just airing all my dirty laundry. Yeah. I look like a hyena. That was what, what, okay. So I saw you nodding your head for Alex's segment (laughs) and I saw you nodding your head for my segment. So where did you land? Uh, I think I probably fall more in Williams. He likes them both. Uh, I've got any movie that has some sort of nostalgic tie for me is going to hold a place, even if it probably doesn't hold up over time. I'm like, oh, I'm cringing right now. But I remember. I remember this being better. <laughs> Back whenever like Redbox was where I got this. And like you, once you made your choice. You were sitting in that bathwater the whole the rest of the time, right? I rem- uh, I'm reminiscing back to the days when I had no standards, Ooh. right? Uh, yeah, so every movie was good because good you on. didn't have that that many. But I think you just yeah. described rewatching any John Hughes movie for me. Same. Same. I listen to a Power Rangers podcast, so I feel nostalgia in my soul in mm. things not being as good as okay. I remember. As long as you're nostalgic for poor quality. Like you're like I acknowledge that this is this is nowhere near as good as I remember. But yes. I'm <laughs> Cody would go buy a CRT TV and a VHS player that has a broken winder on it, just okay, so he now could... listen. We have an episode of oddball tech request that's <laughs> in the works here, so we're gonna. I have both a VHS player and a CRT in the next room. <laughs> I don't want to. No joke, I legit tried to figure out how to record 
Stranger Things on a VHS tape to give for William as a present. <gasps> Spoiler! I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> I would have loved that so much. You just ruined Christmas, oh, wow. Cody. I can, I've got a recorder in there. I mean, no, no, no we're not going to do that. That's not going to happen. Please still get it for me. My Super Nintendo's right there. We'll figure it out. Okay, okay. We'll figure it out. So, so the nostalgia factor has those rose-colored glasses. So, where did that leave you with these two movies? I am um, curious. I would still, I would give mine the same score that William gave his. I do think the Illusionist isn't as good, but I do feel like it has the prestigious story is building up to the big reveal. And if you already know the big reveal, that story doesn't hold as much water because you already know everything that it's building towards. It's kind of pointless. Whereas I feel like the illusionist story without the big reveal still has a better story without the reveal. Does that make sense? I mean, it still has the love story. It still has the political dynamics. It still has, um, he is Mm -hmm. someone who is, basically a nuisance to public peace because he's conjuring these. I don't know if, if this is going to be into, into spoilers, but he's doing these tricks that are making like women clutch their pearls. Like it's like he should not be doing this. And so regardless of the big mystery throughout, like, yeah, it does have elements that, but like, like Alex was saying, and he's brought up multiple times, the sepia tones. Oh, yeah. Like, Cinematically, man, the prestige wins out. So I think that's why it, it scores higher. Yeah. But I feel like its story falls shorter after a rewatch. Yeah, and that's where I'm. No, I agree. Like if I'm a director in a movie, Chris Nolan is my cinema cinematographer. If money was no op. Right. Well, you're looking for Hoyta Van Hoytema or, or Wally Pfister. They're his go-to cinematographers. But I meant what you knew. <laughs> the movie nerd, of course. But I'm like, sorry. The man sorry. knows how to do shots. Oh, absolutely. He's got the, the vision. The man knows. Yeah. At the very least, I would I would like go to Chris Nolan and be like, hey, who should I hire that would make my movies look more like yours because you know how to do shots. Like, yeah, Wally and Hoyta, they are mm, chef's kiss. Mwah. The Prestige, as far as like cinematically, is a much better yeah, movie. I agree. And this is what <laughs> I was trying to say. Well, Cody, what's your uh, score and spoiler free synopsis there? Spoiler free. See, now I have no nostalgia factor for either of these movies. I have seen these movies for the first time, so the reveal was new to me. Oh. Um, I I'm the one where the the reveal was new to me. On the Prestige, when the reveal happened, my my eyes got lodged in the back of my head. <laughs> they were rolled so hard. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the day, your movie could be perfectly shot. It could the the music could be a masterpiece. You know, Hans Zimmer definitely used the Prestige as a temp track for Man of Steel. I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> I kept seeing waiting for Henry Cavill to show up at any moment. Like, <laughs> but at the end of the day, whenever if your if there's nothing I can latch onto your characters and root for the main characters you lose me and the reveal just made me lose it even more. (laughs) Like just, just was another nail in the coffin. You know, 
I respect it. I respect the logic. Just this is where I'm coming from. I grew up being William's guinea pig <laughs> on magic shows. So are you telling me that you and stage magic have a tumultuous relationship? When or? we were talking about magic month, we brought up the idea of doing a stage magic show. And I believe my exact words were, that would be my hell. <laughs> like, <laughs> that would be my hell. So I was already going into these movies <laughs> with really low expectations oh, of whether or not hilarious. I would like them. So instead, <laughs> because we made not my cup of tea four hours of magic. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. You could have had 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and they were both the greatest showman prequels. You can't change my mind on that one. It's oh, man. it was the illusionist, on the other hand, I liked the political dynamics that that appeals to me for more obvious reasons. Yeah. You know, the fact that the, the fact of the uh, the German emperor. I mean, I'm a big fan of the show The Crown. So like royal prestige, I can get into really easily. Um, Not prestige, prestige, and, royal prestige, like royal, like backstabbing, backbiting royals, you know, family feuds, yeah, yeah, yeah. that sort of thing. That that sort of thing. Ed Norton's character was at least he was doing it for love. Ed Norton had a lot more redeemable characters in it, whereas the only characters that I found redeemable in The Prestige was Michael Caine and the guy that hates comedians. <laughs> <laughs> the venue owner? Yeah. <laughs> 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 and so it's like at the end of the, I, I believe my exact words with all of those characters i'm just like could the sun just explode and, and put them out all put them all out of their misery that is too funny <laughs> all right so that, that's and, my and your scores as well what were your your scores uh my scores I gave the prestige a four. Wow. Like I, I, I gave the prestige a four. I was, I like actively disliked it. <laughs> um, the uh, illusionist. I liked it, but I was more in Williams camp of fine. So I put it at like a 6.5. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So 6.5, seven, seven enters the territories of seven and above enters territories of movies. I more than likely will watch again. Yeah. I'm not sure I will watch the illusion. All right. Again. So here's where, uh, a combined score for the four of us for the prestige was 28.8. I just which, killed that average. Right. It took us, uh, 28.8 divided by four is a, a, a an aggregate 7.2 for the prestige. And the combined okay. score for um, The Illusionist was a 24.5. Divide that by four is a 6.1. So, I mean, we have one hater, we have one lover, and everyone was middling on <laughs> The Illusionist. So, <laughs> I, that that is our, our spoiler-free section. Uh, I... I think I'm going to run up to the bar, go grab us another round. Uh, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back after that. I'm going to go as fast as I can so I don't miss anything. Excuse me. May I go to the bathroom first? I got to go to work. We'll return after these messages.
Oh, shoot, did I miss the halftime show? Gosh dang it, who'd they have? What are you doing in here? You're in here. I pay for that privilege. I'm feeling much better now. Yeah, I'm having an heart attack. Get back to work. All right, guys, I've got my Shirley Temple, uh, the Woodford on the Rocks for Dallas. I've got the Old Fashioned for William. Oh, and Cody, are you sure you wanted a Paloma? <laughs> are you sure? Because that's tequila. Uh, I just, I, okay. I just wanted to make today. sure. All right, guys. I have the DD today. Diet caffeine free LA is good for me. <laughs> oh, okay. Good. All right. The, the bartender didn't know how to make a Paloma, so I was trying to coach him through it. it I didn't even know what a Paloma is. <laughs> Don't worry about it. You're uh, good. No one in Kentucky would drink that anyways. No self-respect in Kentucky. Oh, man. All right. Well, guys, now that we're back, uh, let's let's get into the spoiler talk. Like, Let's get in the meat and potatoes of, of these movies. So... Uh, William, why don't you? I hated it. It was the worst thing I ever seen, and we should all oh, feel ashamed for putting us through this. He said, "He said William start." Oh, uh, he said William. Kidding, <laughs> kidding. <laughs> okay, so first out of the womb gets to speak. Uh, <laughs> oh, so Dallas, you get to go. Uh, that's true. November to February. Yeah, it's Dallas. I can Ooh, see right old, old wise one. <laughs> yes. So spoiler spoilers. Like I said, like the once the hat the rabbit's out of the hat, the the magic is kind of gone, and and that goes with lots of different movies where like it was great for that first experience, and then once once it's done, it's done. I feel the same way about like the BBC Sherlock. I went back for a rewatch. Yeah, and, that I can't yeah. I can't rewatch it. I tried. I know. I know now, and like that was so Does much of the up. like the draw to like. I got to watch the next one or I can't wait for the next one to come out in two years because they take forever. Right. I watched an hour and a half long video from a YouTuber called H bomber guy who did a dissection all about that show and how basically if you give uh, a guy who did one episode of doctor who unlimited money from BBC, oh, yeah. it's not guaranteeing that you're going to get a good show. <laughs> He also went on to do five seasons of Doctor Who. Oh, yeah. I know. And those are some of the most uh, cantankerous, Easy. cantankerous <laughs> Easy. Uh, seasons. Easy. I'm not saying, I didn't say anything. I haven't even watched them. All I know is the, the reception and critics Actually, are Actually, not- the uh, new showrunner is doing a George Lucas prequels. Like everyone's going back and saying Stephen Moffat was the best because they all hate the, 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 doc- the doctor actually has midichlorians. <laughs> That's Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so, right? so, uh, the rewatch so, like, value. Sherlock like this, like when you, that. yeah, the like rewatch value Dallas you're saying isn't there. Yeah, and it's not there. Now, not for the prestige, the illusionist, the story has aged in not the greatest way for me. Like I was just like, Hmm. I'm not as interested in this story, but also I was, I was engaged in that story. Uh, and I don't feel like it's reveal was as big. You kind of see Uh, it. Ah, yes. The timeless story of enabling adultery via magic. How could, how could that age? That was part. I was like, I don't remember that in this, but I, it is like, 
not good for me now. <laughs> I don't know why it was then. I don't, it was not. It's not a good thing now. It wasn't a good thing then. So, so would you say that everyone sucked in that situation, Cody? Would you say that everyone sucked and you wish the sun would eat all of them? I, I'm more likely to forgive that <laughs> because it was an arranged marriage. Okay, okay, okay. And that it was it was an arranged marriage situation, and she was kind of forced. She was forced into that situation. It doesn't really excuse adultery, but at the same time, if you're forced into the situation, I'm it was to the look same the kind of romance that most like Hallmark movie adultery is okay. I'm not saying Ed Norton wasn't flawed. I just like banged my head up against the wall watching Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right. So the prestige for you, once you knew the reveal that. Hugh Jackman is cloning himself using Nikola Tesla's technology to try to replicate the fact that Christian Bale has actually been twins the whole time. You just can't right, yeah, yeah. know that. And I, I can understand yeah. how like that, that goes to what William was saying too. Yeah. And it may not be fair because at the time it, it did blow my mind, you know, like, it, and it was like, it's an insane trip the whole way. It's just like, Oh yeah, they're not going to pull any stops this whole time. Like they're going to do whatever it takes to to be the best. And then like the finger is it this finger? Is it the? It's his uh, his ring finger. His ring finger and his pinky finger. Oh, so they go full. uh, He loses Assassin's Creed. Yeah, to get that one done. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, and I was like, what? They're gonna go that far to make this all work? But now, like, I was waiting for that to come because I was like, oh, they're getting ready to chop their fingers off. I remember this. Let me ask a clarifying question, Dallas. Absolutely. If you were watching these movies both with fresh eyes, how would you have rated them? Maybe that's the real question I should be asking because Cody reviewed it with fresh eyes. What did 2006 Dallas think about it? I liked the, like, the prestige was great. Like, it was a movie that I was like, has has other people (laughs) seen this movie? You need to watch this movie. Who would still be saying that? They would be crazy. <laughs> Me, I'm so sorry. Yeah, <laughs> if you're still suggesting that movie, you're insane. I know, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, The Illusionist, I thought was a good movie, but I was just turned it back in and was done. Put it back in the red box at McDonald's. And just got a different movie. I wasn't. Uh, I didn't want to talk like, about it. That anymore. wasn't worth my dollar fifty. I think it was worth the dollar fifty, but it was not worth keeping for longer than than <laughs> the day. Yeah, it wasn't worth renewing. Absolutely not. I wasn't going to accidentally keep that one and pay full price for it, like I accidentally did for the <laughs> Sherlock Holmes movie that's still in the red box case <laughs> over there. <laughs> I lo- wait the the Robert Downey Jr. ones. Yes. Those oh, are some of my favorite movies. I, I never returned Turbo, a Power Rangers movie that I checked out at the Blockbuster, and then the Blockbuster shut down a month <laughs> later. <laughs> uh, we were a we were a family video family, so that was our. Which now apparently they sell uh, medicinal marijuana. Apparently, so they've really oh. they have taken really? a turn for the worse. We were we were movie gallery. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, and they are now the Verizon store here in in Moorhead. Like I in I college, I rented movies. In college, I rented movies from that movie gallery, and then I got my first Verizon phone from that Verizon. It was like 
memories. Oh, wow. <laughs> and right over there is where I looked behind the case that didn't actually have any movies behind it for the movie I wanted to rent. <laughs> so I went home instead and watched it on Netflix. I read John Carter for that. John Carter. Oh, man. Again, I like John Carter. <laughs> I, and, and then it flooded and shut down, so I still have it. Like, that's the magic thing. You know what? I watched it more than this. I liked it. I need to see John Carter. You don't I, need. You don't need to watch things. it, yeah. but it's uh, fun. I quoted it for a few days after that. Kind of like Jake Gyllenhaal's uh, Prince of Persia. Like it's fun, but you don't. Yes, need that's to another see one it. of those. Like they were, they were peeking at each other's papers when they were writing those, and they were just. Yeah, nice, weren't right? they both at Disney? <laughs> I don't know. Weren't they both at Disney? Were they? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't know. So John okay. Carter is, okay. is like super old book series, apparently. And that's where it. Yeah, it is. Came. Yeah. They were both Disney. Yeah. Um, so on the spoiler, on the reveal for both of these movies, we got to the end of the prestige and Kristen turns and looks at me and is like. I, OK, I'm like, OK, I'm, I'm interested. Tell me, tell me your, your theory. She's like when the opening shot was on that field of top hats, I'm like, oh, okay, there's cloning in this movie. What? Really? Like, that soon? Really? And she's like, and I knew he had a brother 15 minutes into the movie. How? I knew he had a twin. How? I'm like, how did you know? She's like, first off, the prosthetics on Fallon were terrible. And I'm like, that's Christian Bale in terrible theater makeup. And then whenever the little boy was like, but what about his brother? She's like, oh, okay. Oh, so yeah. he has a brother. That's how he's doing the trick. Yep. See, and it's funny because I, I remember watching that whole movie and I never saw Christian Bale's double Fallon. I never realized it was him, but the bird, I was like, oh yeah, there is a double. So how is he doing it? Because when Scarlett Johansson's like, you need to show off your hand. Like, that's how they know you're not a double. I was like, all right, now I know. There has to be some other trick at play at hand. And so Hello. that it got me. It got me. <laughs> a sleight of hand, Damn one jokes. might say. Cody loves magic. <laughs> it just gave, that twist just gave me two people to hate. See, <laughs> all right, let me, let me continue to be the apologist. Let me be the apologist for a second, Cody. <laughs> Just just hear me out for a second. If you and William were deeply devoted to one thing together, you know, like let's say you both loved like your wife. No, but that's just it. Like just, that's what they oh, that's what they wind up saying. That's the illusion. The you know, one loved Scarlett Johansson, one loved the wife. Like in hindsight, you're like, okay, they're really doing their best. But again, they're so driven by their pride and by the the goal that they don't realize they're hurting someone that one is just misplaced passion mm -hmm. whereas hugh jackman is even worse and i want like the the mutually assured destruction yeah. is the the worst part yeah hugh jackman was you know obsession and revenge right like you know after everything that happened to his wife was everything that happened to his wife 
You know, he, you mm-hmm. know, dives in deep, spends a fortune in order to bring Christian Bale, the Christian Bales down. <laughs> the Christian Bales. <laughs> <laughs> Just too old. <laughs> you know, yeah, all right. This is one of those. This is one of the Murphy parents moments as they're driving down the road and they're like, you, you see ever. that? If if you ever, if you ever see two Christian you Bales both out in the field, <laughs> you Gun Do it. not go you out gun there. Gun it. Run. You run. You run. <laughs> but yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. It was the conversation <laughs> where it was very clear that the wife was spiraling. And mm. neither one of them said, okay, let's let's bring you in on in on the act. Like it just be honest and tell the truth. Mm-hmm. That's what lost That's what lost me. Kristen too. Watching that's what lost me. And that's that's one of the things that whenever the reveal actually happened, and I actually wasn't was surprised. And why did they not let her in on it? Like what would that have cost? Like what if she was kidnapped? What if Hugh Jackman kidnapped her and tortured her to give away the reveal? We don't want her to get, give it away to the Russians. Well, that's just it. It was the moment when Fallon was kidnapped that they realized the more people that know our secret, the more people that are put in danger. And so like, there's this misplaced like sense of duty. You know, it's the classic like superhero. Like I can't tell you my identity because you might get hurt by being in on it. Yeah. I get it. If it wasn't for the, for that conversation, it was very clear that they were spiraling. If they hadn't known that his wife was feeling the way that they did and then immediately turned around and hung herself. I probably would have forgiven it a little bit more, but it was very clear that she was spiraling and they probably should have intervened and been like, what am I doing? This movie very much felt like a modern day Shakespearean tragedy. Yes. It was very much so. And I did not like Shakespearean tragedies. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's fair. That's fair. So I didn't like it. <laughs> that's that's the only modern day Shakespearean tragedy I like is Revenge of the Sith. So going back to the fresh eyes. Yes. So Alex, I was trying to get back to there. Like, I'd love that question. Like if you could either go back and you had fresh eyes to watch it, or if you had some way of getting fresh eyes now, which one would you like? I think I would like the illusionist more. Wow. Because it was plausible. It didn't dive into the realm of science fiction and cloning and like to, so to give the reveal. Elon the Musk like, doing what he, he does. Gave her, That's where I will disagree. He gave her a sedative so that she could play dead and then he revived her and then they ran off together. Everything else, the spirits, that was all smoke mm-hmm. and mirrors. Like, right, right, right. like that feels like a story that could have plausibly played out in the time and era that the movie was set respectfully i disagree okay only not uh, sorry not with your premise but with the presentation that the movie gave because the opening scene very explicitly makes it very clear that he was a boy he was given magic powers by this man and they are very explicit about that it happened you see it happen they throw that lore out and they say psych it was all sleight of hand and i went no that's not the world that you spent two hours building and so like it it pissed me off actually (laughs) like i was angry because you didn't earn that reveal you earned a different reveal. I interpreted that as like a grown man 
this hyperbolized memory of a trick that a man performed. Because I, like, right now, my daughter so you're thinks saying, magic is just real. You're saying that it was a, a, a like a lore to him, the the myth that people were creating for him. Is that your interpretation of that yeah, scene? Yeah, like um, Dallas's daughter feels like she thinks unicorns are real. Right now, my daughter thinks that magic is real. Like, and at, and at the time, his uh, his magic was seen as like dark magic, sorcery. They all thought it was legit. Real. Right. That's what I'm saying. They all viewed it as real. Not to say that people didn't view magic as real in certain. That, points, that's what I took it to. Is we're like, in the Victorian era where, yeah, like he he thought it was real, so he is now delivering magic in a way that makes it feel real for everyone else. He is taking what he felt and making it that way for everyone but, else. And all right, that's taking a lot of. We're having to read a lot into it there. I don't know what the authorial intent was, the creative intent was. Is there a book based That's on That's just not the story. I don't know. Do what? Is there a book based on The Illusionist? I know there is one for The Prestige. I don't know. All I would say is that the, the way the movie presented it was that they all doubted his powers. They all thought he was a phony. Like, there's the scene where he does the, the sword and the stone trick. They don't actually even reveal how he does that one or or the paint one. And there, there's plenty of like individual things that he does that, oh, we don't even have a logical explanation for this. It must be real is literally the way the movie has presented it the whole time. And so the last five minutes just it, it doesn't feel earned. That's why I gave it a lower score. That's how I feel about the prestige. Whenever you do the whole like you're bouncing from timeline to timeline i feel like sometimes that's a lazy way of hiding parts of the reveal later on where you can be like haha this is what was really going on well you kind of intentionally hid stuff from me because you were bouncing timelines not telling me mm-hmm. a linear story and hiding doing a good job of hiding the turn and in, in plain sight does that make sense mystery and and like who does it like put it out there for me that works for like now you see me where it's like oh but what you didn't see the whole time was this that's one thing in reality it's a pretty linear story there's only two or three scenes you're just getting a linear story as written from the journals that they are reading from each other if you were to re-edit that into a actual linear story where you know what we see in the very beginning is at the very end it wouldn't change the story fundamentally for the the prestige if you were to do that for the illusionist it would ruin the whole movie uh but they don't do the whole put it the end at the beginning and like it's just linear the whole time yeah I, i but what i'm saying is like hiding things they quite literally did the flashback reveal at the end yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. it was all hidden. Like it, we have no in movie uh, way to know that it ever happened. And that's where it's like, you didn't earn that reveal because the story that you were presenting up until then was he's actually like the, the government is trying to prove that it's fake. Sell me your secret. And in right, the yeah. whole time he's like, no, I'm doing it for real. Like he's sticking to his guns. 
Whereas in the illusion, or sorry, in the prestige, you even have the creators of the the trick, Michael Caine's character, saying, "All right, here's let's have a peek behind the scenes." I, Christopher Nolan is definitely a like, he is beyond his time in movie making. Like you went you went and saw a Christopher Nolan movie, and you're like, "This is this is this is different than anything else that's on screen right now." The illusionist, I feel like, fell victim to the 2007 yep, aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Like every documentary, every television show, every like movie, music video that came out had that sepia yeah. kind of grungy like texture to it. So, well, do you know where that started? No. First movie that ever did it was Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? The Coen brothers were the first filmmakers to use digital color grading and they chose a sepia tone for oh brother where art thou and that's kind of what kicked it off in the rest of cinema that that movie was a real odyssey ha ha right (laughs) they even started putting that as like a setting in video games that like you could kick on sepia or (laughs) like like, what what i hate the most is when you can kick on movie grain I was like, oh, I can intentionally just make this look bad for a while. Like, I don't want to do this. Yeah, that's garbage. Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite settings is that in Apple iMovie, they default all photos to Ken Burns effect. So it like moves <laughs> in and out like Ken Burns. I, I mean, there is something to be said about a character being portrayed in a way that elicits a strong response, whatever that response is. Like Dolores Umbridge and Harry Potter, like she universally you love to hate her you don't look for any redeemable qualities and our collective experience and our collective joy watching that movie is hating dolores umbridge and i think that's a testament to imelda staunton's acting in the movie that's a testament to the writing um so I'm not I'm not even upset that Cody wants the sun to explode and for christian bale and like that entire universe yep Yep. To just burn up in a, a fiery blaze. Like that, <laughs> it elicited a response. We weren't like lukewarm about it. At the end of the day, I think I'm just more acute to this sort of stuff because I, my first career out of law school was as a domestic violence attorney. And it was as a domestic violence attorney. And then also I'm marrying a therapist. So I, mm. I'm like seeing all of the toxic and abusive situations here and just alarm bells are going off. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No one's <laughs> no one's sitting here saying that you should do what they did. I, I just I'm just like old man yells at cloud with some of this stuff. <laughs> well, and I, I don't think you're in the wrong for yeah. not liking what they're doing. Yeah, I think that. But that's why I think for me, it just re- I, it reacted to me so viscerally is because of of that no, no yeah. and i think that's totally fine you know what it's a perfect fable to say if hey, you if ever you're living a double life <laughs> don't, uh, sorry if you ever hey, if you ever live a double <laughs> yeah, life right? don't you involve ever. your significant other and or children like it's just don't bring innocence into the mix you know <laughs> so we can end it with like everyone stares into camera and if you're not watching this short on Instagram, then we're, we're staring really into your close. ear canal. We're getting really, do really you, close. Do you hear me? 
We're getting very close. If you <laughs> really close, it should be it should be a recurring ever. segment <laughs> when we talk about something. Super. If you ever, I will back convert your IP address to roughly triangulate your look. No, I'm just kidding. Whoa. <laughs> I think that the YouTube terms of service just got violated and we're not even, <laughs> yeah, right? we're not even on we it. got demonetized. No, it's, it's yes, there was lessons. There was lessons to be learned. Christopher Nolan's movie. Yes, it was shot better. Yes, it was scored better. Uh, the compositions are better. The colors are better. The actors, I feel like did a better job overall. Acting it's Hans Zimmer, so there was plenty of blah <laughs> But it's it is I, I've realized my main thesis on both of these movies is the magic trick. Somebody told me how the trick was done. Yeah, and you you kind of you watch a magic show with just a little bit of okay. So on the Illusionist, I initially like called Paul Giamatti's character generic Jude Law. Because I realized that I did not know Paul Giamatti's face, <laughs> and I don't know how you see Jude Law and Paul Giamatti. Like he he, he kind of had like a like a diet diet nineteen twenties Dumbledore vibe about him. Like so, you saw a man with a receding hairline and a bit I of a did. beard, and thought, you know who that looks like? Jude Law, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> However, with Paul Giamatti, that is an actor I actually want to watch, uh, watch more of his stuff His stuff in. I've heard great things about the John Adams special. And he actually, and I did this in college, a re- research study on the Lincoln-Douglas debates. And he, Paul Giamatti plays Stephen Douglas in the audiobooks on that. <laughs> and I was like... I recognize... You know what? You're right. We should absolutely watch more <laughs> Paul Giamatti. Like... Like the 2002 classic, Big Fat Liar, or the wonderful, The Amazing Spider-Man 2, or (laughs) San Andreas. (laughs) Or or we could watch the Mark Wahlberg version of Planet (laughs) of the Apes. Yeah, let's watch more Paul Giamatti. Or or how about about Turbo? Hey, listen. (laughs) Listen, But it was the voice. I recognize the voice because I listened to 16 hours of that man's voice in the Lincoln Douglas debates, but I couldn't exactly place it. And then when I found out it was Paul Giamatti, I was like, yay. Paul Giamatti is what Nicolas Cage is. Like, is he good? (laughs) Is he bad? We don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. I'm a sexy cat. Oh yeah. (laughs) Well, if, uh, if you made it, if you guys made it this far as listeners, um, Please feel free to apply uh, your congratulations or apologies as you see fit. Um, we've had a great time talking about it, um, but make sure that you guys follow us. Yeah, and review us on Apple Podcasts. We're getting some pretty good reviews. Yeah, uh, go ahead. We'd love for you guys to drop a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods. Uh, nobody actually listens on Amazon, but yeah, maybe there too. If you do, um, we want to talk to you. We have yeah. so many questions. Uh, Who's on Amazon? How did you find us? With that, I'm William. I'm Cody. I'm Dallas. And I'm Alex. And we will catch you guys next week. Are you kidding? I'm working. All right, I'll be right there. And grab the movie. Go, go, go. Come on.
Wasted one snapped in two. This was sad. <laughs> <laughs>